All right. So conversations with Bonnie and Bob. I think this is number 11. I hope. As I don't have my notepad in front of me. Number 11, I, I think. Um, so exciting to be with Bob today. And this is going to be a short one. Um, and you already saw that because you, you clicked on it and you saw that it was probably 25 minutes long. And we're excited to see how much we can pack in to this conversation. And I, I'm wanting this to be more of, of a exhortation. So instead of uh, conversing about something of debate or, um, you know, unpacking something kind of um, religiously entrenched in someone's psyche, I think I want this to be just an exhorting uh, an encouragement for people as they're entering into this time change. So the time change is coming up on the weekend. Uh, we're getting ready to enter the dark season of the year where the Northern Hemisphere is going to enter more darkness. Uh, and so many suffer from seasonal affective disorder and um, having to stay inside and it's being cold and they can't be out in their yards and their garden and working on things that they would normally work on and maybe having, uh, you know, recreation outside or physical fitness outside. And how can I, how can we today together um, support and encourage people as we enter into this darker season. Um, I, it, the, the obvious comes to mind that the Lord is our light. The Lord is our light and our salvation, our God in, in whom we will trust. Um, but how do we actually practically live in the light when it is dark and cold in this season of time? And just wondering if we can can riff on that a little bit. And I'm imagining that in the light, there is, I, for me, a sense of peace is in the light, a sense of, um, there, the, there's not as much fear for me, even when I'm in my home, alone as you know as a female i can hear all kinds of weird noises when it's daytime outside when the dark comes and i hear the same exact noises on the same exact street in the same exact house i have a little catch in my heart and my stomach what was that what was that and uh, what do you think of bob when you think of going into this this time of year in the darkness I love that giggle. <laughs> well, it's just that I I guess I don't I don't have I I don't know how to hmm. <laughs> relate, I guess. I don't I don't have that kind of a thing. I, I don't like the winter as much as I like the summer, but that's just simply because I like to be outside when it's, you know, nice and I don't like cold. Um growing up in Colorado. I, you know, born in California and then moved there when I was four and it was like, what the world is this? This is, this is not right. And, right. and didn't like most of the time I was there, moved to Oklahoma, it was better, but we still have, we still have some brutal moments, mm -hmm. but the, the, the darkness doesn't, um, 
doesn't affect me all that much. And maybe it's because, I mean, I get up at, you know, most of the time at five or six in the morning and it's dark a lot anyway. And so I actually enjoy that time because I feel like I'm kind of similar. And if, if this is the reason why this happens, I don't know. But when I fly, when I get, when I'm in a plane, as soon as it, as soon as it takes off and it gets up to the cruising altitude and it, and then it levels off and then it just gets into that, you know, that drone of the, of the air, the air blowing on you and you hear the, um, there's a piece that just feels different than any other time in my life. And I've always assumed some people might say, well, that's because you're closer to God, other people, <laughs> because you're further away from all the crap and evil on the planet. Um, and maybe both of those are true, you know, in some ways, um, some metaphysical or, uh, or, or psychological or subconscious level. But I think part of it for me is suddenly I feel this release and this is the same similar feeling. I'm saying all that because it's the same similar feeling I have in the early in the morning when I get up, because I know nobody right now is thinking, Bob, I hope Bob's doing this, mm. especially when I, when I um, worked for someone for years, when I was, for instance, in publishing for a long time. And, and um, as soon as it got closer to the, you know, the time that I knew everyone was expecting me, uh, my boss, I worked directly for the publisher and I'm like, he's expecting me. He better be cranking out something, you know? And so there was suddenly this pressure, this expectation, this um, uh, feeling that I don't want to disappoint. I, 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 don't, I don't want to feel guilt and shame because I'm not doing, I'm not giving my best or whatever. And I think that's some of it, both the, again, in the airplane experience and for sure, though, early in the morning, I know nobody, most of the time, I know most everybody else still sleep. Um, but it's just, I, so I don't know, maybe that's part of why I like it. So all that to say, I, I don't know how to relate to that because I don't really have a lot of uh, problem with darkness. Though I did, I, I was, I will say this, when I was a kid, I hated the darkness. I lived in a creepy basement in Colorado <laughs> and it terrified me. I mean, I literally, uh, many times I'd leave that basement, especially, especially at night. And I would run from my bedroom all the way through past the laundry room and through the game room and hit the wall with my hand, the, the paneled wall and turn to go up the stairs and just run as fast as I could. Cause I felt like there was some evil chasing me mm. always. That was, but, but, and so I used to be terrified to be in the dark. And yet I loved to watch scary movies as long as I was with somebody. And as long as my feet were up on the couch, so that something couldn't grab <laughs> but but so, and, and so I was always terrified of stuff for all, the longest time but so much of that and it I I know that some of that just comes with being a grown-up but mine took you know it literally got lighter and lighter and lighter over decades mm -hmm. and so now I just don't have quite as much of that 
stuff hanging on me. Well, that's so good. And as you're as you're talking, I'm thinking about all of the good the good that happens in the dark. I'm thinking about the internal systems of the body, for example, that never see the light of day. You know, the the systems, the the heart that pumps in the darkness, the the stomach that works in the darkness, the womb that that creates and creates life in the darkness, and the dark rooms, for example, little dark rooms when you, you develop develop film in the in the darkness and the developing that happens in the secret places of the of the darkness or of the most high. Um and just interesting how the winter time is that that kind of hibernation and and a reclusion a and a, a pulling back into the home into the heart center um and it, it we artificially we put up lights on houses during the holidays and we put lights in store you know lights in stores and we light candles um in different religious traditions um a lot of candle lighting i think happens happens around this this time of year and i think that's a comfort i mean it's a comfort to me when i walk into a lit space i'm not necessarily afraid of the dark i think it's just um a a longer time away from being outside doing the things we want to be doing and how can the peace of god and the light of the Lord. I wonder what David was imagining when he poetically ascribed the word light to the Lord. You know, like what kind of relationship do you have to have with God to to say, you are my light? Like that, if you really think about saying that to something or to someone, that's a, like... That doesn't just come, we say that because we have memorized those, those scriptures and we know them to be true. And we understand that that's a metaphor for God is light and, and love. But what was it for David that, that he knew the light? He knew the light enough to call God the light. Yeah, I guess that that makes um, gives my brain a whole different place to go because I've spent so much time. Just like when you if if you read a series of books, um, like I hope I don't offend anybody out there, but like the uh, Harry Potter, I never read Harry Potter, but I know. Well, here's one I did do. I read um, the Narnia series. Right. And when you pick up each of those books and each one had a different feel, a different flavor. And while you're reading it, one of the reasons, of course, when I was young and why people love reading fiction is it displaces you from your current situation. It's like you get to un- unload your brain and your, your current fears of the reality of things and pressures of life that you're currently in. And you just get to go into this other place and experience someone else's thoughts and someone else's experiences and it and they become you share them with them uh the characters and so um david 
what and, and I've done that with the Bible, especially um, so many of the characters, and especially David and Saul. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Paul in the New Testament. I've you know spent so much time in his writings and and learning about him and his journeys and all the things so that I could get the timelines square in my head and all that, that it, that David is one though, that you can really understand. And you think, wow, we're talking, um, you know, 15, 1800 BC, thousands of years ago, there was the, the, they had light at night, but it was either campfires or lanterns. That was basically it. They didn't have artificial light like we have it. And I grew up as a Boy Scout, was in Boy Scouts for a long time, went on literally hundreds of camp camp outs. And so I've experienced what it's like to spend literally days and days outside with nothing but a flashlight at night or a little lantern. Sometimes some of the camp outs we went on, they were specifically for like, um, to experience cold. And so you were not allowed to have a lantern on in your tent if you wanted to get this certain badges that we would get. And so it's what it's like outside at night where you do not have a, 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 a real structure. You have a little tent. Um, your The elements are so extremely cold and the difference between night and day is so dramatic yeah because it gets colder it's more brutal you you cannot see it it is more fearful because the noises you're hearing you don't know is that an animal that could harm me is Mm -hmm. that you know is it bigfoot i mean you know (laughs) um i mean your imagination runs wild well then now you take that context of when david is talking about a world where there is no artificial light Hmm. Um, they didn't really have artificial heat. I mean, they had, again, campfires and things like that to even warm themselves. So the night has a lot of connotations hmm. and the difference between God being a light and he is both called a sun, the, you, the kinds of words where it's a light that is like the daylight, but it's also, he says, your word is a lamp unto my feet. Well, that would be when it's dark. And you're only able, a lantern especially, I've walked by the light of a lantern, you can only see a few feet around you. There yeah. still could be something out there, but it's better, it's better that you're, you're, you physically are less afraid mm-hmm. when you at least have a lantern than sometimes like you run out of fuel or like your flashlight, it runs battery runs out or the you know when you're whacking it like every movie you've ever seen especially horror movie the flashlights never work they always are dying at the most inappropriate time and you gotta whack them i i would not know because i have never laid eyes on a horror movie in my life you would not i would not know that believe me it's a cliche meta you know every movie every horror movie seems to have to have at least one or two scenes where the person is in the dark and they have a flashlight and the flashlight suddenly stops working <laughs> and then you're hearing them whacking it. Come on, come on. And then when it comes back on, there's the creature or whatever, right, right in front of you. Um, it's a great cheap shock value. But that then with David um, saying, you are a light. Now it's like, Ooh, that's powerful because um, think of now how we're supposed to be, 
in our lives now um, with rem- that we are to remember that God, it's what Jesus restored to us, that God is always with us now and our ability to recognize that God's actually always been with everyone. But, but for so long, we were, we were unable to perceive of his, mm. his real presence. Mm. And so David so meditated and so spent time with God, just like someone who reads a book and you read Narnia and you keep, you become familiar and you can see the, you can see Mr. Thomas, you can see the, the streetlight, you can see the, as you're going through the wardrobe and the coats turn, the fur coats turn into pine branches and you can see that because you envisioned it when you read it, because Lewis was so brilliant at using simple language um, to, but yet describing things that were palpable. You could smell the smells and feel the feels and, and taste the tastes. And he's just, he was, he was a master of that. And, well, the Bible, so much of the Bible is the same way. And and people who, again, as we talked about last time, or one of the times in the past, A.W. Tozer practicing the presence, when we do that, the more consistently we do that and practice the presence of getting into and saying, Father, I am taking this time right now to just calm myself, calm my senses, and be aware that the 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 per- part of the major part of the purpose of Christ's coming was to restore what was lost in the garden when it says that when they ate of the fruit their eyes were open but you see that's the physical senses were suddenly made as the only way of perception that they suddenly had if you can see, change the way that you're holding the device that would be helpful because it's kind of it's changed the the ability to hear you um, but I, I love what you're, what you're touching on there. And I think that's what I was trying to get at is what do you have to, to know about a, a relationship with something in order to ascribe the details and to ascribe and describe, um, the light. And I'm, and as you said, the senses, when you really get into a story and, or into a person, when you're, when you're interested in, in growing in love with that one, you begin to understand their attributes. And I'm wondering if that relationship with God is available to the individual person in the winter. And, and not that it is more or less available in the summer, and that's not what I'm suggesting, but could a person develop a relationship? And I love that I just said develop because I was thinking about the dark room and the darkness. I wonder if they could develop in the darkness a relationship that would begin to bring imagery to the person that would comfort them. And because it, it feels right now in our culture that the that the thing we look to for comfort is our phone is our phone and our screens. And I wonder, would it be, what is it it, for David to say, taste and see that the Lord is good. You know, that he was so in relationship with the Lord that it became a part of him. 
And and that kind of helps me pivot a little bit to a different question for you because I'm really act, I'm interested in this as if we were not being recorded. What has meant the most to you recently between you and God? Like where is your landing place on the inside that when you think about that one thing with regard to God, it brings a calm to you? Just you personally, if you'd be willing to share that. <laughs> Probably um, God has been making it so real to me um, and why I say it so often, like around you, I know I people that, you know, I don't think I've said it that much on here, but um, the name Jesus, again, means it is God who does all the saving mm. and that reality of it's like, God keeps reminding me of that over and over and over and over and over and over. Um, and every story that I read, you know, I read Abraham and Sarah and it's like, see, it was only when they got to that place where they understood that and recognized it very late in their life, decades of walking, trying to get this son. And finally, when they realized no, it's God who's doing it. He he who made the promise is the one who's going to fulfill it. Mm. He, he I, I'm not responsible to make it happen. In fact, the more I try to make it happen, it actually blocks God's hand from doing it in my life for me because it's supposed to be a gift. Everything we get from the Father and all the promises are all gifts, everything. And so um, that's what he keeps on pressing. And it doesn't, it's not that we get lazy or lackadaisical or anything. It's just that he says, you're only, the only onus that's on you is just to receive my love. That's it. You just, just, you focus on that. Rem reminding yourself and, and, and experiencing and, and um, experiencing my love reminding yourself that there's nothing to fear in approaching me. And the more I do that, then the more I do it, approach the father, the more I'm in his presence, then the more the actual transformation and all the things that he says he's going to do, the what we call blessings of God begin to manifest more and more. And so, and that peace becomes more, pervasive and all-encompassing and just the place of normality instead of a place that I get I have to get into a place of peace it's just I've realized oh it's where it's actually my address now and that's mm. it's actually abnormal when I'm not in peace and mm. so that's been really nice so that is really beautiful that is not the majority experience piece right now. Um, at least with the people that I speak with, if they were to experience a calm and a peace, it would be the exception. You know, we hear so many are afraid and full of anxiety and concerned about the state of the world, the state of our country, state of our state. 
and of our city. And it's a it's an interesting conversation for me uh, from my seat as as a pastor to wonder about peace and to wonder about how I, I, I love that you went with Jesus. It is God who saves. It is, it is God who saves. It is God who does the work. It reminds me of this time that um, I became a, I started to own my first home when I was a single, young, young and single um, person. And I loved to take care of my yard and to mow and to edge and, and trim and do stuff. And I was, I was really interested in, in all of that and had the time and energy and wanted to do it, loved it. And this one particular day I had was traveling a lot with the work that I had and I employed a, a yard service and they, for some reason, they had lapsed in the, in their schedule or something. And, and I was under the assumption that they weren't coming. And I knew that I needed to get the yard mode. And I was trying desperately to get my, my weed eater to start. And it was a really big, heavy, you know, pull in, pull the in, you know, gas engine weed eater. And it's this big thing that my dad had given me. It was really, really heavy and big. And I had it on the ground and I, you know, my foot's on it. Cause you know how some people can just lift the weed eater and just crank it and it, and they can start it. That has never been me. I have to put it on the ground, put my foot on it, pull on it a number of times, you know, I finally get it to go. And I was doing that and very focused on that when out of nowhere, it seemed to me, cause I did not see them pull up. This voice said, you don't got to do it. You don't got to do it. And he said it just like that. And I looked up and that my lawn service man is walking toward me. My lawn service man is walking toward me and says, I'm sorry that we didn't tell you in time that you're out here doing it, but we're here to do your yard. You don't got to do it. You don't got to do it. And I, right. <laughs> I, man, that dropped in my heart so much because I was really saved in that moment. Just, it was blistering hot outside. July, you know, middle of July, 100 degree heat. I really was under the gun. My my machine wasn't working. And that was salvation for me in that moment. And just such a beautiful thing that their team then came in and did what would have taken me a couple of hours. They did in about 30 minutes and, and had done it or gone out of the way. And I could go on about my business. And I think that when I hear Jesus, it is God who saves that moment made that real for me. And I've had other experiences in being a person that has been single most of my life, managing my homes and my vehicles and my things that I've had to learn how to do and learn how to, how to take care of. It has always just been such a gift to me when what seemed big for me in the hands of someone who had the experience and the tools took the same project and made quick work of it. 
it just brings me to tears when someone of, of experience and tool, when you have the right tools, you have the right experience and these jobs that seem insurmountable can be, can get done. And I have always had an abiding sense of the Holy Spirit's genius on that for me in my life, that I am going to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing for the right reason. And the Holy Spirit will intervene in a way that will help and support me in a way that I didn't see coming. And that gives me comfort going into uh, big, big problems, big, big projects. And it gives me comfort going into this darker season that we're getting ready to approach that whatever I am about to encounter, whatever is going to happen next I have a deep abiding confidence that the presence of love and the presence of power will be with me to meet that next thing. And it might just surprise me at how God decides to save me in a moment. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's a tender thing for me. Like it's a very special and tender and sweet thing for me, the relationship that I've developed with the Lord over the years. Right. Isn't it for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, it really is because how often are we alone? I mean, how much time do you spend alone in your day? Mm. You know, and even, even when you were out in the world painting, you were alone. Right. You know, it, it was just you, you and your thoughts, you and you and God, you and your thoughts just for years, just years and years and years. And then finally, when we got phones, OK, now we can put some podcasts in the ears or whatever. But <laughs> it wasn't always that way. Right. I'm just grateful. I think that I'm I'm grateful and I would want to encourage people like if, if you're just feeling like you have a vacancy in a vacancy in your heart and mind and in the, the squirrel, the squirrel brain, the, the monkey brain is just, it, just eating your lunch. Like, I don't know, take some deep breaths, <laughs> employ all the self self-care, self-care remedies that you have, but then also turn to the Lord and let the Lord be the light of your heart and the calm in your mind, the peace that, that and passes understanding. Yeah. Maybe this will lead to what we maybe can talk about next time. And that's how the, the heart guard your heart for out of it is the wellspring of all of life. And so we can talk about um, what the heart really is um, because it's an, it's an actual, it, when, once you understand what it, and I don't, 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 don't say anything now because I want to surprise everybody. Um, but when you find out what that word in the in the Hebrew and then even in the Greek means, um, it's like, oh, what? Wait a minute, what? And so then it then it becomes something that you can find out. Oh, I, then I really do have a lot of control over that because for so many people, like that old saying, the heart wants what the heart wants. It's like, no, that's not true. Um, when you know what the heart actually is, because hmm. um, again, there's a confusion about what the heart is and uh, that the Bible's talking about when it says to guard your heart. 
So that has a lot to do with then how you feel and the peace that you experience and the, the racing of the mind and all the things mm-hmm. all really has the foundation of a lot of that. If you can learn how to, that, that it's something you can actually do, you have complete control over this, um, then the outcome can be different. And you don't have to keep doing the same thing and getting the same horrible results. Mm-hmm. You know, the definition of crazy, you find out, oh, wait, there's a whole nother way to do this. And I have control over that. And so then I can get different results. I can have a more peaceful experience and I can have things that are mm. uh, happening in my life. Be If I can, just like that scripture says, be very, it'll cost you all you have. Guard your heart for out of it mm. is the wellspring of everything else in life. Oh, that's so beautiful. And it reminds me of the scriptures that Jesus said in John seven and John, maybe John seven and something else like that out of your heart will flow these, these living waters that, you know, when you begin to, you know, he's talking to the woman at the well for out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. We have the life and the light that is within us accessible to us. Um, And I, I think that one of the, saddest things for me in the culture and society, the way that we live today in 2023 is that we don't go inward. We don't look within ourselves. We look to, and I'm lifting up my phone. We look here, you know, we have, we have a question. We ask this, we have a problem. We go to here. We need to be entertained. We go here, you know, and I'm, and I'm lifting my phone up saying that it's just, um, it's an interesting world that, that the world of the imagination, the world of the soul and the spirit that is more and more being avoided um, because of what we've created, because of what we've done exteriorly and on the exterior. And I, I just, I have this part of me that wants to return home, like to want to return to the heart and to uh, drink from the waters, uh, the living waters from the heart that is promised to us. The life is within us. The, the light and the life is within us. If we'll only go inside and there is really nothing to fear there because the Lord is our light and our salvation and is not to be feared as our culture likes to say, I'm afraid to be by myself, or I'm afraid to look inside, or I'm afraid to slow down. I'm afraid what's inside of there. There is really nothing to fear inside of oneself as, as traumatized as anybody has ever been, as abused as anybody has ever been. The Lord is the light of the soul. And when we, when we dare to look and have I would say heart, courage, core, the core, the courage to look in, we won't be disappointed because it is God who saves. It is God who saves us from ourselves. More than anything. Yeah. (laughs) From ourselves more than anything. I had an experience yesterday that I, that made, it was such a softening experience for me that it was one of those moments where I, I thought, what have I actually been doing up to this point? Mm. Like it was one of those like, oh, 
this is what softening could feel like. Like, is this why my neck and shoulders have been so rigid and hard and hard to relax? Like, could that actually be related? Like my physical (laughs) stress, my physical rigidity, I discovered was related to this interior scaffolding that I had of and I'll just say, I want things to be a certain way. And I, I think it should be this way. And so I had this scaffolding on the inside of me. That's like, should like it, like this is, this should not be, or this should be this way, or it is not fair that this is this way. It shouldn't be this way. And I, I saw it differently that, that it was actually like that, um approach to my life has actually impacted my physical body and i just touched on it as if i'm like wait softening softening myself softening and toward myself and towards others could actually impact my physical health it may you know that may sound basic but it was made real to me in a way yesterday that made me wonder what why why am I holding on to outcomes so much and how could I soften and accept where I am who I am how I am in this moment and how my world is in this moment um a lot to consider and think of we've gone over time for sure um, as we skate into this season, did you want to say something else before we, anything else there? Great though. Yeah, this is good. Oh yeah. The Lord is our light and our salvation of whom shall we be afraid? Afraid. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> may the time change and the changing of the times be a blessing to all of us and to our community as we go through and into the winter months. Um, And so let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus until we talk again. God bless you.